Greetings, queens and queers, and welcome back to another episode of Here Queer and Ready to Disappear. Sorry that I have been away for so long yet again. I was just mildly suffering. Oh boy, it's been a long two months. So, uh, yeah, the last episode that I posted on here was a extremely long A-push review because there was approximately one week until the AP test. The thing is... As soon as I posted that video, the next day, Tech Week for Mamma Mia started. So, you know, I was kind of busy for a while. And then I took the AP test on the same day as opening night. And then three days later, I had a band concert. And then we started doing final review for most of my classes. And I had state testing. And I had to start writing my final A-push paper. Which was honestly a mess in of itself. That might be a whole other thing. So, yeah, it's been a while. I apologize. The eight over 800 total listens I got because of that A-Push review have all probably been for nothing now because none of those people want to listen to me talk about anything else that isn't relevant to them. However, I don't care. The thing is, I got mildly big on Spotify-ish, Anchor, whatever platform, because eight, over like like over 600 people were listening like within that first two day span because I posted a TikTok about me making that a push review and it it kind of it kind of blew up it it got like I think it was like over 20k it got over 30k views I don't know if my volume's on we're gonna hope I don't get copyrighted for that um yeah, so that, that was insane. And then a bunch of people came from there to listen to it. So that boosted my numbers there. But then I, the, after I got home from the test, so the thing about the AP test was it was the same day as opening night. And that freaked me out. And the test took until three quarters of the way through C block, which we only have four blocks in a day. So at that point, I went home. And I took a nap before I had to get ready for a call time. But in that in-between time, in between when I got home and when I smashed that Subway sandwich, I made a TikTok with a sound that... Hang on, I can play it. Are you ready? Why is there an $800,000 charge on my credit card? Dad, I'm a material girl. Why is there... Um, saying, how come you get to type everything for my A-push testing room? And then... Because I'm a material girl. Because I have typing accommodations for my shitty handwriting. And that got over 150,000 views. Which is fucking insane. And then people were mad at me because I had accommodations. Which is bizarre and I don't understand. But whatever. We keep moving. I thought that was funny. That's it. Anyway. I've just had a wild two months with a bunch of random shit coming up including struggling to write up no i didn't struggle to write it it ended up being 11 pages but our teacher said uh hey it can't be over seven pages and i had 11 pages and i emailed him and i was like hey how strictly is that going to be enforced and he was like automatic five points off if it's over seven pages and if you turn it in a minute late it's a zero I don't understand how that's logical. And it, don't tell anyone 
But the only reason I think I did a lot of editing it down. I got it edited down to like full nine pages, which which considering it was at eleven was really good, because I didn't even get rid of all of my points. So I think that went well. But I had to change it instead of being a size twelve font. It's a size eleven point five, which if he figures that out, will also probably end up costing a shit ton of points. But it's fine. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that. I don't have a sick transition. I'm out of I'm out of my game, okay? But uh, we are talking about, of course, Mamma Mia. Because that was an entire happening for like three months. And I feel like I didn't give that much information on here. But, you know, it was it was great. So I don't know how I can't remember how much I've talked about on various episodes, but I have an overview of fun, some fun, funny things that I think. So first, to preface this, or to start us off, we have my gay lover saga, which is clearly important. So in my show choir class, I met this kid that's a freshman, and now they're my gay lover. But that didn't happen right away. We were we were, got paired for voulez-vous in Mamma Mia when we were actually doing the choreo. And so we were like, oh my God, wait, because we're the gay couple. Because Ms. B had been pairing people, like trying to pair people as much as she could, boy, girl, even though it wasn't that even, or like trying to space it out that way at least, just to make it even. And then we, we had been like trying to decide for like the, who would be a bachelor, who would be a bachelorette. We literally did rock, paper, scissors. So that was fun. But uh, we ended up being the gay, we were, oh my God, we're the gay couple in the corner. And then, so th- that became a reoccurring joke. And then we went to start choreographing I Do, I Do, I Do, which is the wedding dance. And Ms. B was like, okay, everyone who loves each other, like, get paired up. And she meant, like, characters, like, actual named character-wise. And so I, me and my gay lover immediately go and are like, oh, it's us. So we just became the gay couple forever. And now they're my gay lover all of the time. And it's my favorite thing because I... <sighs> We'll be, si- we'll be sitting in show choir. Like, we were watching presentations. And we- we'll just be sitting there holding hands. And everyone's like, are you guys dating? And we're like, uh, no. We're gay lovers, obviously. My favorite thing, honestly. And, like, like we walk to the bus holding hands sometimes. And every time I'm like, we're gonna get hate-crimed. But that's fine. I'll fight a bitch. And we're walking to the bus. And, you know, I smile. I'm wearing a mask. But I do the th- I smile thing at a guy that I'm talking to. It's, it's a shock, I know. That's, we're not talking about that today, though. And a little bit later, on the bus, I get a text. Are you dating? And then insert... We're going we're gonna to call him gambler number two, because, which is relevant because it'll come up later. Are you dating gambler number two? And I was like, uh, no. And he goes, huh. This kind of weird because I saw you. I thought I saw you holding hands with him, and I, <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, no, you are mistaken. That's my gay lover. That's not gambler number two. And it was a whole thing that I had to try and explain. But because he hadn't experienced rehearsals or anything, he didn't. Un- he didn't understand. So that that was a lot. He's still talking to me though. So <laughs> the gays keep on winning. Um. Yeah. So. Part, part of the thing with Mamma Mia is that we're 
we're all a bunch of random ass Gen Z kids that no one, we're all, we're literally all the time, always references, like, you could be sitting backstage and someone will walk by and start saying a TikTok sound. You, you know, we're putting things away and people are referencing random videos. We're talking about, we're, we're, we're getting the stage set up to, to do blocking for the wedding scene. And the dude that plays Father Alexandrios is going, Mowage, Mowage is what brings us together today, which is a Princess Bride reference. And then suddenly that was the Mowage scene, you know? But the thing is, there's, there's a part in, it's the opening of Act 2, and the song is Under Attack, which is supposed to be a nightmare sequence for Sophie. So Sophie's in the middle of the stage, like, freaking out. The dads are, like, walking around her bed. It's weird. And we're literally our our direction besides like getting the choreo- choreography was your, our direction was be fucking weird, that's that's how Ms. B put it, and we are like okay I can do that. And the dude that plays Sky, he's already weird as shit, so you know he's got he's got that going for him. But, but there's a part in the middle of that song where the mi- the nightmare chorus forms an aisle and he goes down in a wedding dress, and Ms. B is like okay just walk weird I don't even care. So he starts doing all this like weird crouch walking and she, she goes, no, that's not right. Uh, and then goes to talk to our director. And he's like, they're off talking about how that should be set up. And I go, oh my God, wait, Sky. And I start doing this one specific walk and then suddenly every single person's doing it. You know how uh, it was, I don't think it's big on TikTok anymore, but everyone was doing the, he told me that the man of my dreams that walk you you know the one you can't tell me that you don't know the one suddenly everyone's doing that everywhere all of the time that was a little scary but it's fine we were like trying to put away uh the show choir props and people are like pushing this giant ass bookcase doing the walk scary as hell but funny then uh, one of my, my first costume for the first three or four songs, uh, what, it, it, you're just, you're supposed to look like you're dull and living on the island, that's it. And we had been calling my first costume the Eddie costume because the, it looked like something that the kid that played Eddie would wear. The thing about that is, <laughs> me and him go back and forth fake bullying each other during A-Push. Mostly he bullies me, but that's fine. That's how it is. I don't question it. He doesn't question it. That's how it is. But I started going around because I, I wore straight leg black jeans, Converse, and a white tank top with a vertical stripe button down over it. And this kid is known for never wearing anything but vertical stripes. He, I have never seen him in a horizontal stripe ever, and I don't think anyone ever has. So I started going around going, Hi, I'm Eddie. Are you coming to the show today? To every single person I could find. And I don't know why. The, the, the spirit of the drama club really possessed me. Because I'm not that person that goes up to random people. But I turned into that person that went up to random people. And when I went up to actual Eddie. He looked at me. And I had been doing this like Chad thing. Where I awkwardly stuck out my hand. But it was like curved for a handshake. And he looked at it. And went no. No. You need no. I don't. I don't do that though. No, it was great. Um, the, the short-lived Eddie cosplay. We stand low key. Let's see. My next note just says hit the sleigh button. 
Which isn't quite my story to tell, but I'm telling it anyway, because who else is going to? So the dude that played Father Alexandrios, his entire thing for a lot of that had just been saying, hit the sleigh button anytime anyone did anything. And then he would look over at me, even though we had barely had like four conversations, and would be like, I need to stop saying that. I, someone needs to kill me if I say that again. But then he started a petition to get the booth girls a hit the sleigh button button that would say sleigh when you hit it, like an easy button, you know? So that was almost a thing. We stand him, though. He incorporated the word sleigh into my name, and I greatly appreciate that. So, you know, can't complain. Quality person. Very entertaining. He tells me the drama so that I don't have to do the drama, like be in on the drama. It's great. I Honestly, I love my position in the drama club because I just refuse to get into any actual drama, but I know a decent amount of it because everyone just says things while I'm there or complains to me. It's great. It's my favorite thing. So, yeah. Oh, the next one just says, the 16 times I almost died in rehearsals. So first we have the time that I got thrown during auditions, which I think I spoke about before, where Orpheus just kind of yeeted me into the risers. But then we're, there's a part in Under Attack, which is the Nightmare song, where we're in groups of five running in circles and jumping, and we're supposed to be like skip, pushing Sophie away anytime she's running near us. But I was trying, so I'm like running and walking weird and doing this jump thing. And I turn at the wrong time and Sophie slams into me and I fell and slid under the risers. And it was so scary because it was like one second I was just trying to jump and the next second I was gone. And no one even noticed except for the people in my group. And we finished the number and Sophie comes up to me and is like, are you okay? I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't mean to do that. And Ms. B was like, wait, did something happen? And I was like, yeah, I went under the risers. It was so bad. And then there was like 16 million other times where I almost slipped and died because there was like confetti everywhere after TSCS and it was a mess. Okay, it was a mess, but honestly, worth it. So now back to uh, number two, gambler number two. Uh, for the most part, no one comes on, except like that's no ensemble members go on until money 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 that's how we have it staged and the scene right before so the scene right before it i realize that i'm explaining this with the assumption that people understand the plot of mamma mia um you don't need to know that much essentially it's this lady complaining about how she doesn't have any money because she's always running this hotel and so we're all going on it's supposed to be like a showing of how the island actually works how there's always people doing work you know so everyone else gets assigned various jobs like sweeping things, scrubbing windows, doing all this stuff on the set, like actually up on the set. And our director goes, okay, who wants to be a gambler? My hand is instantly up. I'm like, oh yeah. So it's me, gambler number one and gambler number two, right? And we get me and gambler number two enter for, gambler number one enter for one and gambler number two from the other side of the stage. And... So the, the entire thing is, I'm the dealer, I go on with this briefcase full of cards and poker chips, and I start shuffling and dealing, and then start shuffling, and then as the song starts, I made the decision to only start dealing then, and I'm dealing on beat, and only one person ever noticed and brought it up to me, and they're my favorite 
child. So if you're listening to this, know that you're my favorite, but I know that you probably won't listen to this. So they have the option to, they just don't. Mm. Anyway, uh, so the thing about that is we were, we were only using one deck of cards and we get through the, the whole thing is that we get through two hands or we're on our second hand of, po- of poker and we're, there's minimal choreo in the beginning of Money Money. So we're just sitting there and then there's like a couple marks to hit and Donna, who's the main character complaining about how she doesn't have money, is wandering around the stage and she's talking about how like, I think the lyric is, so I must leave, I have to go to Las Vegas or Monaco to win a fortune in a game, my life would never be the same, right? But she takes the cards out of gambler number two's hand and then takes the money off the table because gambler number one comes in with fake Greek money. And she's like waving them around. And then as we go to the middle for the big set of choreo, she throws them. So every day when we ran that number, we would be down another five cards because you can't always find them all, even when they all get picked up as... it, as the song ends, we're back in our spots, fades to black, and you have 15 seconds to make it off stage with all your props. So we do what we can and we run. And then when things got cleaned up during half during intermission, when things get cleaned up intermission, they don't ever they never got put back into the case. So by the time of our final like, like every day during tech week, we did that and we would lose more cards and lose more cards. And then during the shows we would lose more cards. And it got down to the point where during the final performance, I barely had enough to actually deal two full hands. It was bad. It was so bad. The other thing is that, you know, after that, after that scene, I'm off stage for Thank You for the Music, singing into a microphone. Because our thing was, Ensemble had to sing into microphones for every single song most of the time. Like, if you were on stage. So we're off stage for that and then it gets to the big the big the big one mamma mia i had to stand behind the set which is supposed to be this giant ass building and you just stood there singing even though the mics can't hear you and then you open a window during the chorus and sing and then you close a window and that's it and it was so weird and so dumb and then you go out for a tiny dance number at the end and then you have to run and get changed for the next scene, which I didn't realize how much I hate quick changes until that, but kind of sucked. I, th- most of my changes didn't suck that much, except for the very last one, which I will talk about on its own, but it was just annoying as hell. The thing about my costumes is I had the Eddie costume, Eddie, fake Eddie, whatever, uh, and then after, which was, like I said, black straight leg jeans, a striped shirt, whatever. But then I had to change for the bachelorette party because I was bachelorette, which I won rock, paper, scissors, and I wanted to be in Gimme Gimme. So we make sacrifices, which I had teal shorts, right? And this ruffled, not sheer, but like a weird, weird material that I can't even describe, stripey, brightly rainbow colored shirt that I would run and change into and it was incredible and I got to wear it for literally from dancing queen to the intermission and it was my 
one of my favorite costumes ever. I love it so much. But I'll never have an excuse. Because all of the outfits that I wore are technically things that I have worn or would wear. That's the only one that I wouldn't wear anywhere else except for the final costume. Which I didn't even get to keep. So, it was very upsetting for me that I don't get to wear that again. But I like it. And so that, so we went from the having any gender to a shit ton of gender at once to my, the next costume is at the beginning of act two under attack. It, you're wearing all black to dance around the stage. So there's an absence of gender. And then I had on the same black straight leg jeans, a white button down and a vest with flowers on for the wedding. So it was still no gender in a good way. And then... At the end of I Do, I Do, I Do, me and my gay lover strike a Charlie's Angels pose, as one does. And so we sit there, the song fades, and I Have a Dream starts to come up underneath. And we go. We're every, all the ensemble members are all hands on deck going as fast as they can to do the final change because you have one song to do the final change. And it's not a very long song. So I learned a skill where I can now unbutton two different articles of clothing with both hands as I'm moving off stage. So I would undo my shirt and my vest at the same time. And then I had to run off stage. I'm taking those off, hang them back up, grab this brightly colored silk teal shirt and throw it on. It's a button down. So I had to redo all the buttons, take off my Converse because the entire show I was wearing high topped Converse that I had to fully get out of and put back on for every single change take off the black jeans, put on these shiny silver bell bottoms, and then put my shoes back on in a minute and 30, which doesn't seem, which that seems do that seems relatively doable, when, but when you consider that you're in a crowded house hallway with a shit ton of other people that are trying to change at the same time, it's a mess. It's a mess. And every single time I stuck the landing, which I wouldn't have even been that concerned about it. It was the shoe part because sometimes I would trip up and fuck up my shoes when I'm trying to tie them and I need them tied, otherwise I'm screwed. And I stuck the landing every time, but my group was the very first group to go out for bows. So it was like, I would die if I didn't get it done right, but I did. And it was the scariest moment of my entire life every single show. (sighs) Let's see. Oh. So there, there was a lot of times where we would be getting notes or changing something. And Mr. T, who's the choir director, but also was just in charge of music for the show, but he's the school's choir director, right? He would just be sitting in the back playing music, whatever. But he, he started doing this thing that I don't understand why I find it so funny, but I think it's very funny, where he'll play like a couple of notes at a time and then only sing part of the words but like at at random intervals not even like on tempo or anything so you'll be we'll be sitting there getting notes and you just hear them in the background don't go wasting your emo shuns and like we'd be in the middle of notes and he'd just be doing that and not giving us music notes it was so fucking weird (laughs) The next note just says this fucking sticky bench. So for the wedding scene, they had these like six benches made for everyone to sit on. And I thought that the stain and stuff or whatever had fully dried because it had been fully dried when we were using it during tech week. So opening night, I'm already, we finished singing uh, 
take a chance. Uh, I'm back to holding my gay lover's hand to go out because, oh, oh my god, I need to talk about the commentary during the wedding. Okay, uh, so I go out holding my gay lover's hand, whatever, we're sitting down. I go to move the bench back because they, they always spiked, the, they spiked it too far forward because they needed it to, like, to fit it in that way, but it could be moved back. So I grab the bench to go and move it back before anyone else sits down. My hand comes away sticky. And I'm like, huh, that's gross. But we're sitting there and the scene has started. And I'm like, uh, gay lover, my, uh, my hand's sticky. And then their hand got sticky. And it was a whole mess of trying to get our hands to not be sticky for the dance. But the thing, the, so with the, I hated that part with all of my soul just because of how gross only during opening night it was. Um, but the thing is, that entire wedding scene is supposed to be like scandal after scandal you're finding out that sophie has like three dads because donna was a whore or something and so we're sitting in the back and we're told make commentary be entertaining slowly get louder when Bill, when harry comes out as gay i need some of you to hate it but some of you to love it kind of concerning but i it's fine and so we're in the back and our commentary is so fucking stupid we're sitting there like, oh my god, she has three dads? Oh my god, Donna's a whore? He left her to get married? And I'm sitting there, and I, I literally, I look up. I not, not like at the audience, at the audience, but like enough. And I go, oh my god, it's like telenovela, but Greek. And every time, we're sitting in the back, me and my gay lover and my friend from A-Push dying. And... We sit there and as the dads are like deciding that they're okay with only having a third of Sophie and not figuring out which one of them it is or something like that, we, me, me and my gay lover are all like up, up next to each other, like their heads on my shoulder, whatever, and they go, I, left, I wish I knew what it was like to have my parents love me. And dude, I swear our commentary was the best. And 10 out of 10 on our part, I think. Uh, and then... My final note here just says, the someone is milking my cow saga, which is hard for me to explain, but there's a warm-up that apparently has only been done twice in Mr. T's history at the school, and it literally is just, someone is milking my cow, oh no, I don't know where it's from, I don't know why it's such a big deal, but everyone, not everyone, a lot of people started campaigning for that to be a warm-up during like actual show nights because oh it's the seniors last time they're never going to get to do it again this this and that and then like it would like they made it a big thing every single night trying to get it to happen in the last night before opening or the last night closing actually uh sky was like but come on mr t someone is milking our cow oh no and like just kept repeating it and then tanya starts calling out our shows, Tanya, whatever. She was the one that I made a TikTok about who was, like, directing us backstage because we, everyone was shit at counting and no one was listening to me. Uh, and so she was like, wait, wait, Sky," And then called out a random direction. Like, like you're extremely overjoyed that someone's milking my cow. And he would be like, someone is milking my cow. Oh, no. Or like, oh, my God, you don't even have a cow. Like, it went on for 10 minutes with, like, someone is milking my cow? Someone's milking my cow. Like, all this shit. And then, after the show, like, a week later, 
I'm minding my own business, wandering through the school. I don't remember what I was doing. I see Orpheus, and he goes, oh my god, Dallas, 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 come here, come here. I go up to him. He gets down on one knee, acts like he's proposing, and goes, someone is milking my cow. And I, I sit, I, like, in the middle of this crowded-ass hallway, I go, oh no, I can't believe it, yes. And it was so fucking stupid, and I hate me for doing it, but it was so worth it, because the bit is so stupid, and I love it. Oh god. In conclusion, someone is milking my cow, and Mamma Mia, that was a fucking mess. Uh, let's see. You can find me on Instagram at HQRTD Podcast Official and at, on Twitter and TikTok at HQRTD Podcast. I like to think I'm funny. Most people don't. But you're still here if you're hearing this, so you have to go follow now. All right, I'm Dallas. I was here. I'm still queer. And now I'm going to disappear. Bye.